Aleph Alpha has raised a mega round, yeah. round about half a billion dollars. Who's in? The round was co-led by Robert Bosch Ventures and Schwarz Group. There's SAP, but also uh, HPE, so Hewlett Packard Enterprise. I'm back in Berlin at Cavalry's offices yeah. uh, with Claude. Good to have you again. Thanks, Claude. For those of you who don't know you, a brief introduction. Yeah, so my name is Claude. I'm one of the partners at Cavalry. We're a Berlin-based uh, early-stage venture fund. We invest in software businesses across Europe. I'm originally from Switzerland, but been living in Berlin for a long time, so almost German. Cool. Yeah, speaking of, typically we would do this podcast in German, yes. but uh, due to the gravity of the topic we're going to talk about, we decided to do it in English. Yeah. So word is out, Aleph Alpha has raised a mega round, yeah. round about half a billion dollars. What's that about? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty rare no? like to have uh, such a big financing round in, in, in Europe or in Germany. Um, we originally invested in Aleph Alpha in their seed round in 2020. Uh, and obviously, you know, the reason why we invested is because we're, we thought it, this has the potential to become a very large, successful company. Um, now, obviously, you know, the, you never know at the beginning. And so we're all very, very excited that this Series B is happening and also sort of the way in which it's happening, um, you know, very large round, very relevant parties, which we'll sort of touch on in a second. Um, and uh, yeah, so very happy. And I think Aleph Alpha can be one of the, you know, generational software companies coming out of, of Europe. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So speaking of who's in, who led yeah, the round, so, um, who invested? <laughs> so not us. <laughs> <laughs> It's a pity, um, but still. But, uh, but yeah, so we did participate in the round, of course, because, uh, you know, we really believe in the company and its mission. But the round was co-led by um, uh, Robert Bosch um, Ventures and Schwarz Group, um, um, uh, both German entities. Um, both very, um, you know, well connected to the the German, uh, what, what's called Mittelstand and and enterprise um, uh, landscape, and so we're very happy with this. And uh, there's also some really really cool co-investors in this round. Um, there's SAP, obviously leading software company from Germany, but also uh, HPE, so Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Uh, which is very relevant because as, as you know, you certainly know, and some of the listeners and watchers um, do, might know as well, you know, compute is hard to come by nowadays. Yeah. So having a strong compute partner is, is uh, very relevant as well. Yeah. So we have Schwarz Group, which is basically the owners of Lidl and Kaufland, yes. right? Um, we have Hewlett Packard, we have Robert Bosch and SAP. Yeah. So when I look at that, the majority of the shareholding and cap table pretty much is German money. Yeah. Is this relevant for this round? I mean, look, at the end of the day, the company, you know, needs needs capital to, to grow. Um, but, you know, with Aleph Alpha's mission of building a European AI um, company with European values and, um, you know, everything that we, we uh, hold true, um, I think it does have a, some relevance where the money comes from, right? So, and, and you know, being able to raise that amount of money uh, in Germany from German entities or affiliated entities 
is a very rare occurrence. And yeah, I mean, I think the company can be very proud of this achievement. Very rare, actually. Yeah. Right. So if I look at former financing rounds, typically in that volume, we would see the money flowing in from the US or even uh, Asia or so. Definitely, definitely. I mean, when we raised money with my old company of Delivery Hero, like larger rounds, that money came from the US. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Was it an objective in the fundraise from Aleph Alpha to go with European money or did that just happen somehow? Um, no, I mean, Jonas, one of the founders, um, he always was very, um, you know, opinionated when it comes to um, where where the money comes from or, or from which parties he wants to raise money, um, actually. So I think for him, that was clearly the goal to achieve this. But, you know, even in, in peak AI mania today, it's not easy to raise, you know, something to the tune of half a billion dollars in Europe, mm -hmm. lo and behold, in Germany, right? So, and I think it's a, it's a really, it's a massive achievement. Uh, it wasn't easy. I know that for a fact. Uh, and so, so, yeah, but he set out to do it and, and they managed to do it. It was already in the news a couple of months ago that SAP is basically <laughs> engaging with yeah. Aleph Alpha. Yeah. When, when researching, I, I saw that they um, also um, engaged with Cohere and, and Traffic. Yeah. Now, isn't that like conflict of interest or is there some, some rational behind it? I mean, from a, let's say, shareholder's perspective or Aleph Alpha perspective, obviously, me personally, I would, you know, uh, prefer if SAP would only be invested in, in Aleph Alpha. Right. Because obviously it would make them very dependent on Aleph Alpha, which would, you know, Uh, uh, present a great revenue opportunity for Alpha. For sure. But obviously, if you look at it from an SAP side, you know, just being dependent on one vendor, vendor doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And so I think they picked three very strong companies. Uh, I mean, if you look at Cohere, they have a, a very, very good um, chatbot out there. And Tropic is a very strong team as well. Uh, and Aleph Alpha as well. So I think, you know, they bet on three horses, so mm. to say. And also, you know, you have to understand not all of these models are as good for every task as, yeah. as, as the other. And so I think it's a smart strategy to sort of, you know, not bet the farm on one player and, and really then pick the best tool for the job. So. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it also shows how strategically important the space basically is, sure. right? Yeah, definitely. So um, next to um, SAP, we have, I think, with Bosch and... Um, And Schwarz, we have two other very well networked German <laughs> yeah. old school companies basically in there. I think when I look at basically the networks that they bring, there should be a lot of potential, right? For yeah, I mean, like if, if you look at Bosch, Bosch is clearly an, an 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 innovation machine when it comes to like you know engineering in the physical world, right? So I think you know if if you look at um, where they where they sit in the automotive world, in in elect, um, uh, electrical um, engines and all of that, I think it's a very it's a company that has engineering and innovation at at its core. You know, I say that as an outsider, but it's just the way sort of I see it. And I think they realize that AI and and software in that space is sort of where Uh, the next, you know, super cycle will happen. And, and right. I think it's smart, smart uh, to, to in, for them to invest in, in this space. Uh, and for Schwarz, you know, obviously a retailer, but they also invested a lot of money and, and are continuing to do so in um, IT infrastructure, right? So 
they have this uh, uh, this ambition to you know build their own uh, um, cloud like to become sort of a, a hyperscaler type uh, company and and i think it's also a very smart move because uh, if if you look at other retailers from other countries um, you know there aren't that many that are as innovative so i think combined uh, it's a smart move for both of them and then for for Aleph alpha obviously you know ai particularly in Europe has a lot to do with with trust and ethics and mm-hmm. and you know and and to that extent having brands like this behind you as backers and yeah. supporters and customers uh, is definitely helpful when it comes to you know convincing other enterprise customers to give it a shot right totally. so so yeah I, I think it's a it's a total win-win for for everyone yeah, yeah. speaking of Schwarz becoming a, a tech company mm-hmm. I think news also was out a couple of weeks ago that um, they are building this huge AI campus, basically. Yeah. Somewhere in the in the German uh, hinterland. Yeah, Heilbronn. Heilbronn, yeah. yeah. Um, and Aleph Alpha will be also a part of that, that campus. Yeah. Huh? yeah, I mean, look, I think the, the, the park for artificial intelligence in Heilbronn, you know, at the end of the day, it's a piece of land and a piece of concrete and all of this, right? So... It doesn't mean that AI must, like German AI has to happen in that particular park. However, it's definitely a statement, right? It's like, okay, we are committing to um, Germany as a a place where we think cutting edge research can be done. Right. And and so I think it's, as I said, it's definitely a statement and, and it will attract a lot of attention, hopefully talent. And, you know, for Aleph Alpha to, be a part of it is almost a no-brainer, um, you know, given that the park is, is I think, to a large extent financed by Schwarz and then, you know, Schwarz being an investor in Aleph Alpha, obviously it's it's uh, it's almost a no-brainer, but I think uh, it, it can be sort of a starting point for much more to come. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's a very visible yeah. uh, project. A lot of people have opinions about it, which is good yeah. because it brings the discussion to the, you know, to the public. Absolutely. And it's a very beautiful um, area. My grandparents sure. live in that area, so yeah. I quite know it. I mean, look, it's the same with Aleph Alpha, right? You look at, at Aleph Alpha and you can say, oh, they sit in Heidelberg, they sit in the middle of nowhere, but it's actually beautiful. And yeah. it, it turns out to, to hire AI researchers, even from like, you know, DeepMind from the UK, people actually like to come there because like there's, it's a nice sort of place to live. Totally. Right? And totally. so... Yeah, if you not? look at Palo Alto in, in Silicon Valley, that area is very suburban as well, right? So, But it's yeah. very green and uh, a lot of nature. And I, I think engineers actually are the kind of folks that like to live in an environment like that. I agree. Yeah. So with all of that, um, the investment, the AI campus, I think that's all moving in the right direction. Is it enough to build a European sovereign AI company? I mean, look, um, in the past, so let, let's say that the track record we have of building the European X of something, <laughs> right, is not that great. Right. Um, you know, we tried with uh, search, we tried with the European version of GPS, yeah. uh, which kind of went nowhere, I think. Um, and so I, I almost don't want us to call it like, call it European AI, because it's like, you know, it's a bit superstitious maybe, but then I always feel like it's almost doomed to fail, yeah. right? So the question, like, will it be enough money? It's a good start. 
um, I think for a company like Aleph Alpha, um, if you want to play at the global level, it will need more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the more money is, is effectively a function of three things. One is talent. AI researchers are very expensive. Yep. Um, the second one is compute, um, because as we know, you know, NVIDIA just had another sort of blockbuster quarter um, because they sell something that everyone wants. I think that will change a bit. Like Google has a new TPU, you know, that, that is about to go live or went live already and stuff, but still compute, I think for the foreseeable future will be quite expensive. And then, you know, lastly, um, if you really want to build a global brand, it's not cheap either, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think, it, you know, whatever amount they've raised now, they will definitely uh, have to raise more. But at the end of the day, look, um, if you want to build a, a true global player, um, I think it's it's warranted to do that. But yeah, will it be enough to your question? It's a good start. Yeah. Yeah, and in the end, I think uh, you don't want to build a copycat. You want to build something that's different, yeah. right? So exactly. don't know how many how much insight you have, but if you are putting Aleph Alpha next to, let's say, OpenAI and what Google's doing with Bard and, and Llama yeah. and so on, how, how, what, what is their way? How is it different? Well, I mean, for starters, you can just open like ChatGPT's uh, or OpenAI's ChatGPT or, or Google's part in your browser window and start um, uh, sort of interacting with it, right? So with Alpha, that's a bit more um, difficult. Um, one reason for that difference, obviously, is uh, one thing that I mentioned earlier or just before is, is cost, right? Like if you really want to run a service like this in, a, in sort of a consumer-facing way, um, the inference costs to run this are enormous, mm-hmm. right? And and so, um, without having a partner like Microsoft in in OpenAI's case, it's almost impossible to run something like mm-hmm. this. And so, so that that's one reason. The other thing is also like training a complete model like um, um, GPT four for a chat use case. You do with with uh, a method called um, reinforcement uh, learning with human feedback. It's also very expensive because human feedback means like there's people sitting there and classifying things, and yep. you know, so it's very expensive. So I think, um, and that's not where Aleph Alpha's strength lie. It might be one, but like, like we don't know because you know we we just didn't have the money to spend on, yep. on that. So I think the focus of Aleph Alpha is really just to to provide the best possible foundation models on top of which enterprises and governments can basically build um, their own fine-tuned version with their own data. And I right. think that's where they really shine because when it comes to, for example, um, explainability, Alpha Alpha is a world leader where you know almost no model can tell you why it, it mm-hmm. told you something. Alpha Alpha's model can. And so, so I think those things will be very relevant in a yeah. lot of enterprise use cases, yeah. but I don't see Alpha Alpha competing with you know uh, uh, OpenAI on on a chatbot, I, I don't think that's a realistic thing. Makes sense. So I guess explainability also helps a lot when dealing with governments as clients. Yes. And you mentioned the larger enterprises. Yeah. Is that what's really happening? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think th- there's one thing I think to build an AI company out of Europe, like a global AI company. Building a global consumer AI company, I think, would be an entirely different thing, right? And, right. and again, like I, I, I don't think that will be sort of the the area in which you know um, uh, Alpha Alpha competes. 
but but yeah, definitely. So if you look at enterprise, um, particularly in Germany, we talk about Schwarz and Bosch, mm -hmm. but you have so many large uh, corporations that are also like, um, you know, innovation minded because we have a large, like very long history of, of engineering and all of this. And I think um, it's an ideal ground for an enterprise AI company. Um, and then obviously governments, I mean, we all know Palantir, um, some love it, some hate it, but yeah. like the end of the day, I think, governments not only for like security and, and defense but also for just simple like um you know efficiency and and getting stuff done reasons i think you know there's a there's many use cases in in government uh where Aleph alpha will play a crucial role yeah. totally i think the exciting thing about this space is it's moving so incredibly fast i yep. think we did the last interview like six months ago not, not even not even, not yeah, even yeah, not right even, and yeah. When I listen to the episode now, I most of the stuff is already old. So, mm -hmm. looking back, like uh, the last three four months, wh what exciting stuff have you seen? So, what what has happened in the space? Um, I think, you know, the, the, as I said uh, earlier, like there's clearly, you know, a peak AI hype. Uh, both in terms of like, you know, people interacting with things like ChatGPT, but also on the investment side of things like investors, you know, going crazy. And, and we, I feel like we, we are somewhat past that in a sense that, you know, it's not like every day you get bombarded with something new and so on and so forth. And, and I think we're kind of moving a bit more to the phase where people go like, okay, this is cool, but what can we actually do with it, right? Yeah. So this is sort of the, you know, substance of it. And then also there's some disillusionment, right? Like, you know, these models, uh, um, they are not always correct as we find out now, right? Like sometimes they just output stuff that is plain wrong, right? So, um, and and so we find out sort of limitations of, of, the, of this approach and, and, but then obviously there's, you know, technological uh, progress uh, happening still. And so, uh, you know, there's amazing things that come out. Like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it or played around with it with generative film in Photoshop from, from it's Adobe. Crazy. It's insane. It's, insane, it's, yeah. li it's literally insane. Also like background removal stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, you might remember in the past, you would go like pixel by pixel and try <laughs> to remove a background around. Now you just go like remove background and the background is gone. Right? Exactly. It's, it's crazy, right? And, and so there's just lots of stuff like this happen ha uh, happening. And so, yeah. But I think it's become clear by now that, you know, AI, I think last time when we talked, it was like, oh, you know, do we, do we need to pause progress or like, is it, is it going to kill us or whatever? I think you cannot stop, um, you know, AI like broadly. And you can see it sort of creep in into all these applications like Photoshop and You know, it will be in every Microsoft product. It will be in every, I mean, it already is, but it will be more visible. Um, right. And so, so yeah, I think um, there's a ton of innovation, but not on the, oh, look, something fancy side of things like we had in the past sort of nine months, but more in the, how do we actually productize this and how do we make it actually useful as opposed to just like a shiny new object? Yeah. So I would assume Cavalry is... Um continuing to actively invest in the space yes. basically right F uh, trying to find good targets so i think if anyone is out there building a great company uh, please pink load and um, if i'm an investor how can i be part of the success yeah i mean look i think if you think of ai um 
you know, the, the way what, what we call AI today is effectively like applications that are based on like supervised learning and then um, applications that are based on like generative AI. Um, and I think, and then obviously there's other like unsupervised learning and, and there's like other sort of methods and, and, and spaces. But I think all of them, you, you'll see a lot of growth in all of them um, just because there's actually two things that, that AI broadly allows you to do. One is you can actually challenge incumbents um, because it just, you know, you can build stuff today in a way where it just wasn't possible, right? Imagine um, building something where, let's say you have, a, you want to build a, a, a dog identifier for pictures, right? Like in the past, you would actually have to go and, and be like, oh, this, does it look like fur? If fur, then yes, no. And you would have to do, like, you have to right. actually code yeah. the program, right? And 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 it would have uh, error rate that is crazy. Today, you just download 100,000 dog pictures and you train a machine learning model on your laptop and you have a dog classifier built within like two hours probably, right? And whereas before you'd spent a year on it and it would have been crap, right? So I think it, it will just allow you to build... Um, stuff completely differently from the ground up and and then as such like allow you to challenge incumbents in a space obviously you have to see that even if even if your product is better it doesn't necessarily make mean that you're going to win because incumbents has have distribution they have packaging power and all of that stuff and but then you have the other side that is sort of um, completely blue ocean where you know you there's a lot of applications that you can build now that were just not possible mm -hmm. in the past, right? Like imagine um, um, if you think about the iPhone, right? Like th that was a phone and then suddenly there was like a, um, a light in it, right? The light was, actu was actually built to take a picture, like the flash, right? And then someone figured out like, wait a second, there's a light. I can build an app to turn on the light and call it flashlight app. Yeah. So it's kind of a simple example, but that just wasn't possible before because right. phones didn't have lights yep. in it right and then obviously that wasn't very defensible because apple was like oh yeah great idea you know let's just build a flashlight button and <laughs> that was that but just generally i think you know new technology opens up um a lot of possibilities for for new stuff to be built right and so for us as cavalry yeah we're obviously super excited to continue invest in 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 um, you know, AI companies, um, and and we think there's a ton of opportunity. And I think you know, for for investors, obviously, um, you know, if you want to participate in the public markets, you can invest in companies um, that are active, you know, playing in the space. I mean, like, if nothing else, if you want to participate in the AI boom, you know, buy Microsoft shares, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> this is simple as that. As simple <laughs> as that, right? And then, obviously, for more sophisticated investors, um, uh, professional investors, and so on, you know, you can do other things like invest in funds such as Cavalry or other funds that right. are focused on on the topic. But but you can just start by buying Microsoft shares for starters. Cool. So Microsoft shares, probably a bit of Nvidia. Yeah, I mean, Nvidia. I think. Um, Again, this is not investment advice, and I'm not a, a public market investor. Um, but I, I think Nvidia will continue to have a good run, but not forever, because again, like uh, Apple is working on their own silicon, Google is working on their own silicon, um, 
as Lara Croft in the 1990s uh, uh, pr predicted that risk architecture will be the future. You know, there's competition in terms of like how chip architecture should look in the future. Um, so, yeah, I think, you, you know, for the foreseeable future, the next few quarters, I think it's 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 almost destined to do well because it it it, it will just inevitably have to right. uh, because people people will continue buying H100s A100s and whatever they offer but i think slowly other people will will catch up to it because i mean if you think about it like in in markets like this eventually your your um margin will be competed away by by other players over time right, right. and so so yeah mid term for sure long term Not so sure. Yeah. A little bit of podcast hygiene. This is obviously not investment advice. Do your own research. <laughs> exactly. So Aleph Alpha has raised half a billion. Who should be the next one here to, to get half a billion? <laughs> From our portfolio? <laughs> um, no, I mean, seriously, I, I don't know like which other company should, should raise that amount of money. Um, uh, you know, I... I I, for me, something like Aleph Alpha, I'm just happy that it is, it, it got financed the way it, it happened now. Um, and, you know, other than that, you know, maybe nuclear fusion would be great. Yeah. You know, maybe someone should, should back a nuclear fusion company. Um, um, I, you know, rockets are great. Like, I just, I just feel like it makes sense to spend that amount of money um, on companies that, that sort of work on something that, you know, helps us sort of uh, get to a better future, if that makes right. sense. Right, yeah. makes sense. Claude, thanks a lot. Exciting <laughs> times. Crazy. And uh, we probably speak again soon. I'm sure we will. Thank you thanks. very much. If you like this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave me a comment.